Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Now, you know, I told you recently about the puppy yoga that takes place at Neil's studio. So, Neil, my husband, has a photographic studio, doesn't he, which he runs. And sometimes, Strange yes. people rent it and people rent it to do puppy yoga. Yeah. Guess what they're doing now? I liked puppy yoga. It made me feel warm yes, and fluffy inside. It. Yes. What are they doing? Not goats. Not goats, kittens. Kitten yoga. <laughs> Kitten my yoga. Worst nightmare. It is. Little kittens crawling over you with their oh, sh- oh no. Pointy teeth. No, no, Trisha, I wouldn't like that. Would be I... feline horror. It would, wouldn't it? I think it's a feline faux pas. I'm just not sure how it's going to work because they're a little bit, um, they're not as amiable as puppies, are they, kittens? Just want to run off and hide behind something. My husband once bought me a book called Dancing with Cats, which was a lady, it's quite a famous book, which was a lady, American lady from New York, who actually dances with her cat and I can really? only assume that she drugged it or something hypnotized okay. it or something because cats won't do anything you tell them I can't no, imagine them no, doing they're yoga they're very disobedient we haven't got time now but we need to explore that book and why your husband bought it for you yes because he clearly doesn't like you <laughs> hello. hello welcome to postcards from midlife I'm Lorraine Candy I'm Trish Halpin, and we're on a mission to help you make the most of your magnificent midlife. We'll be tackling everything from mind and body wellness to HRT and your sex drive. Lorraine and I are here to help you have a stylish second act and answer all your midlife questions on fashion, beauty, careers, relationships, family, and as always, the challenges and joys of parenting teens. So my little buddy, I have Mm. aged since we last met. (laughs) <laughs> not just because I've lived, not just because I've lived through this set of stressful A level A level exams with my teens. Mm. I am now Trish, fifty four years old, closing yes. the gap on you. At yes. Mm-hmm. Um, now I don't want to speak too soon, but it's thinking. I'm thinking I might have become less melancholy now that I'm more mature. Oh. I am hardly aware of the death mass even. Yes. Well, I have to say I did um, notice that. When, do you remember the other day when yeah. we were on the phone? I was out and about on my local high street and we were happy to be on the phone together. And I came across a hearse being drawn by two <laughs> massive big horses with big feathery plumes on their head. And I had to tell you about it. And then I thought halfway through, I thought, oh, no, she's going to get all all more because I'm talking about a purse with horses but you were quite sort of pleased by it weren't you and I had to send you a little photo yes I didn't uh, I didn't see the dark in it no you didn't flinch you didn't flinch Mm. did you but I am pleased that your melancholy is lifting because we've been told haven't we by a lot of our older guests who we've had on the show even older than me can you imagine that mid-50s living that long that you do become less obsessed about it from your late 40s onwards. And that's probably a bit of a postmenopausal thing. We do settle down a bit on the worrying front yeah. and start focusing on the things that we've got left to enjoy in life. There's so many of them, so many things to enjoy. Well, I told you so, they can all say to me, because it's actually true. I think I'm quite looking forward to the next 10 years. 
got a few ideas, Trish, some mm-hmm. grand plans. I might go and live abroad when the children mm-hmm. have left home. I have worked out, though, that my youngest is only 11, so she yes. won't leave home until I'm 63, which does sound a bit odd. Yes, it? it does sound quite old. You've got a long way to go. I'm going to be footloose and fancy free, as you know, from September oh, no. to sprightly 55. And I have no plans. So I'm going to embrace what? the kind of the not knowing phase. Do you remember we talked about that on last week's yes. episode of the podcast that you have to kind of sit with the uncomfortableness of not knowing um but actually i'm not sure that it's anything to do with age for you i think you just don't like numbers you've worked that out since we've been doing our nostalgia noodle in quiz form because you get discombobulated don't you by the adding up and taking away so perhaps it isn't your age that's a worry it's more your lack of math skills well that's been a lifelong worry for me quite frankly but i am now quite grateful at this ripe old age to be uh, hosting a successful midlife podcast Mm -hmm. with one of my oldest i mean Mm -hmm. longest living friends dearest dearest (laughs) dearest closest shortest Mm -hmm. feline friends and i am really looking forward to the things that are coming because aging is a privilege that's what they say isn't it yes it is and i can also give you something else lovely to think about today because i know that you can stand on one leg for more than 10 seconds can't you and that's quite important Trish, i was talking about lovely things where have you gone (laughs) Off on a balancing tangent of some sort. I know. Well, there's survey, isn't there, that's just come oh, out yeah. that says if you if you cannot stand on one leg for over 10 seconds by this age, then you're twice as likely to die early. Something <laughs> to do with not falling over. I mean, that's a bit miserable. I don't know why we're talking about this. But you are in it for the long haul because you can stand on one leg. So that's good. I'm not sure whether you're supposed to sit with your eyes shut or not. That might no. be a challenge no. too far. No. So you are in for the long haul. It's a lovely thing in my book. It means we've got years of podcasting together to look forward to. Well, Margot, my feline nemesis, your petulant cat won't be pleased about me being around any longer, I shouldn't think. But should we talk more about lovely things? Because at the risk of going a bit ab fab on you all today listeners the whole show is about lovely things that make us happy Mm. um and we had a message actually one of these things made me happy on our private facebook group this week gave me a real ready breck glow this message one of our members had been referred to our private facebook group by her gp Mm. which means we are reaching the parts other podcasts don't reach and i just think worth saying also a big thank you to all the gps out there listening to us who are helping making women's Mm -hmm. experience of talking about menopause and perimenopause better because we know that's not always the way um we do actually have some gps in our facebook group too as experts so if you fancy joining up and they often post about um the latest developments in women's health yes i was very pleased to hear that we're being prescribed on the nhs how amazing is that we've got more positivity lined up today because our guest is a friend of ours and one of the most positive women we know it's tv star author interiors expert and former l decoration editor which is how we know her from our magazine days michelle agunderhan who is also author of the book happy inside how to harness the power of home for health and happiness and i think everybody will know her listening from interior design masters with alan carr won't they yes. but we're going to be talking about homes and interiors and styling for the first time i think on this podcast today well, I'm looking forward to that because it's not my area of expertise, mm-hmm. but uh, making your home happier without spending a fortune is something <laughs> that I would quite like to do. Um, so before we get, though, to lovely Michelle, I think we're going to kick off with some gentle jibber jabber about the lovely things which have mm. made our summer feel great so far. I feel like I'm in a summery days at the moment. It's a very sunny, lovely time when we're recording this. This is a kind of soft and jolly conversation I don't think you'd get on any other podcast, <laughs> but it's kind of like a coffee time chat. Um, and I know you all like that listeners so Trish 
what has been cheering you up, my little friend, this okay. summer? Things, lovely things for summer. Lovely so I'm going to start with a, a sustainable fashion label, a new one called oh. Albarey. That's spelled A-L-B-A-R-A-Y. And I really like this one because not only is it sustainable, it's also very affordable. Things are very well priced and it's really, really lovely clothes. I got a really lovely black sort of maxi floral dress that I've been wearing non-stop this summer and I think that's about 90 pounds which is really good value but it's it's a it's a midlife startup I would say it's three women who all have worked in the fashion industry for 25 years and then they decided a pandemic bit of a review and they've set up their own label you can obviously buy it online but it's also stopped in John Lewis M&S and Next and it's just colourful lovely fabrics and of course that sustainability in mind which is kind of important to both of us isn't it I think I saw you in a little Albury dress the other day you did at the Hobnobbing yes. somewhere. We were at the Prize, prize for fiction. Yes, I wore it there. Exactly. You did well. admire it. You were wearing a nice white trouser suit. Yes. Like, like Bianca Jagger. Yes, spilling a drink on, but there we go. <laughs> well, I you? managed. I managed. Well, you did. lovely things. Me... Your first lovely thing. Now, so you know I'm not a domestic goddess. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know anything about mm-hmm. homes, interiors, cooking, gardening, any such thing. These things have passed me by. But a little gardening thing has happened to me, which has brought me great summer joy. Mm-hmm. We accidentally planted some strawberries in our front garden last year. <laughs> They've gone mad. They've how gone you, mad. They've how gone do you across. accidentally plant well, a strawberry? I think we must have bought one with Mabel when we were at a garden centre or something. She put it in and I wasn't taking any notice, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, every morning, every summer morning Mm. now, we have this little ritual on our way to school or just before she walks to school on her own, which she started to do um, with her friends along the road, um, where we go and look at strawberries. I mean, mean, our front garden is the size of a a postage stamp. Mm -hmm. And there's hundreds of them. Lovely. They're just they've just because it's very sunny area, and it's just been quite a nice. I think it's a really lovely little ritual to initiate with your youngest child mm-hmm. of doing something together where there's no need for an outcome, there's no judgment, there's no yeah. has it done well, or you know, it's just. And then we have a little yeah. chat about the ladybirds and yes, all, all yeah. stuff. And oh, it's just so really. Sweet. She'll remember that, yeah. won't she? She'll that will be a, a nice memory for her. I hope you haven't well, got any neighbourhood cats prowling around because you know what they do with your strawberries. Like we've got a dog do. though haven't we and our dog oh, yeah. is, a, is worse actually because when we take her out for a walk she's on those strawberries she loves them oh, eating the strawberries I know. why it's because she doesn't want to be left out again oh, of something else that's trying to going ruin on it get in the middle of it on. yes Very annoying. what Very else has been cheering well up? i am going to talk about apple cider vinegar <laughs> <laughs> now, before you think I've gone absolutely mad, um, and it I know is very it's very Trish. It is a bit fab, <laughs> and I know it's a thing. I mean, but I'm I'm not always an early adopter, as you know. Um, no. Possibly a bit late to the party with the apple cider vinegar. But Neil went on this kind of weird diet earlier this year, where he had to have apple cider vinegar every day. So I bought him some. I went down to you know an organic shop and bought him these <laughs> Willies Willies apple cider vinegars. The Gwyneth and, Paltrow of Wandsworth. Well, exactly. That was me. That, absolutely delicious and they've got different flavors turmeric and honey ginger garlic and horseradish so you just get the slightest hint and you put put you know you just put it on your salad or your what, vegetables what does it look or... like what shape is it like a fruit or something what, what no it's about? a bottle of vinegar apple cider vinegar oh. but it's made from apples okay and it's got this thing in called the mother 
now the mother is the yeah. uh, probiotic that it kind of oh, comes with yeah. and it's um these kind of ones that have the mother they're not heat treated so they've got all these probiotics which we were again talking about recently on the show they're just really 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 good for you they are supposed to help blow your blood sugar aid weight loss um help digestion boost your immune system but the thing is it's now you're now starting to find it in loads and loads of beauty products and actually there's a really lovely hair brand called dp hue that's dp h-u-e which is an american um, brand but you can find it on cult beauty and it's absolutely gorgeous i got some and it's got this lovely uh, apple cider vinegar scalp scrub and a hair rinse and it does make your hair really soft and shiny so it's all about the old acv really it doesn't smell it doesn't really have a smell i'd say the shampoo which i think is quite interesting it's obviously not perfumed it's very sort of clean and, and natural so i felt my hair was very glossy and shiny it does it. look very yes. glossy and shiny young trish thank like you jerry hall and her heyday yes <laughs> so you either buy it as apple cider vinegar and eat it, yeah, and eat it. or eat it's it. an acv yeah. in something yes right. exactly so it's the hot ingredient so um, right, enjoying then. that all summer Good long you. right next for you well i'm going back to a place i often talk about but it's actually quite lovely so uh, a lady called kate rue who is an open water swimmer she's kind of quite a famous one not a competitive one she's she was right at the front of the outdoor swimming craze um she has written a book called the outdoor swimmers handbook now bear mm-hmm. in mind i have read thousands of these and i've even contributed Ooh, there's a lot of them um, there's a lot, there's of, them a lot there. of them mm. but this one um the outdoor swimmers handbook by kate look it's lovely little orange thing oh i can see it's it really yeah. special because it's quite different it's full of it's about nature basically so it's all the mm. little plants that will grow oh, along nice. the side of rivers that you will see all the insects you will see oh, love it. the shape of waves and how they work oh. and it's really for it really does underpin that idea that it's not a craze or a trend it's about you know finding yourself mm-hmm. and it's lots of stories about women and her swimming and all the kind of ways they find themselves as they go in and out of water it's sort of how the swimmers who are competitive meet the swimmers who are poetic so the Mm -hmm. women who never put their face in the water who just like to see what's going on in the great history of open water so Mm. you think you know many many creatives and writers and poets have been swimming in rivers and seas for years and years and it kind of brings it all together but it was the nature bit of it that i really really love a companion book for your swimming isn't it well yeah you can get water mint which you can eat and you can smell it as you Mm -hmm. swim and she talks about how to spot it so you can swim you can plan your swim around places that will smell lovely when you Mm -hmm. swim it's just really lovely do you remember when you were little and you get used to get well I say little when you kind of eight nine ten and you'd be given these books about nature with all these drawings in it and Mm. you'd kind of keep them forever thinking this is great and then they were just lovely collectible yes all those Victorian flower books it's a little bit like that but it's also got you know how to understand tides um how to understand swimming in the sea how to stay safe it's just a really lovely collector's book and if you were thinking of starting swimming it's a very very useful thing to do it's very gentle or a good gift summer phase it's a gentle summer good gift good gift well bravo kate rue for coming up with a new angle rew now what else has been bringing cheer because i know today you're a little bit well your normal self do you know what if i'm a bit croaky i've got hay fever i think it's 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 doing me in my throat's a bit scratchy my chest is a bit tight mm. and a bit lackluster i would say so apologies listeners no helping glow <laughs> 
missing that help and glow glow today it's all a bit subdued but I do have another lovely thing you will know about this but it's just making my summer uh very good it's making my feet very happy and it's the Birkenstock that's EVA Birkenstock you know the plastic Birkenstock yes they've been around for a couple of years Oh my goodness, they are so comfortable, yes. way more comfortable than the normal Birkenstocks. Yes. yes. And um, <laughs> they have an orthopedic footbed, obviously, which oh is. God, are we at orthopedic footbed we stage are. of life? We are. Oh but they God. come in the oh. most fabulous colours. I've got uh, I've got them in a lovely sort of navy blue and a white pair, but this year they're coming in a coral pink, a pale blue, and they're about £45. Um, and literally, I think I walked about four miles the other day in them and they were so comfortable and you know me and my fragile yeah. little footsies I, you know, I know about yes. the feet yeah the I've got feet. the bright pink pair on my birthday list oh you have yeah. very yes, good it's, they are so so comfortable yes they're brilliant but I do like those bright colors because they're a bit yeah. like jellies from when you were little yes aren't they? jelly shoes yes yes I like those so that's my last little cheering my summer up what about you well oh, I've one. got a I've gone a bit domestic on you which has never mm. happened well, to you me just as, said as you, you know, weren't I'm a domestic goddess I'm in the charity shop on one of the high streets trailing along behind one of the teenage girls as you do um, mm-hmm. and I was taken with a, one of my summer obsessions so every year I have some kind of weird summer obsession that mm-hmm. the kids laugh at last year it was fairy lights in different colours yeah. while everyone was doing white ones I thought oh, I'm going to get those multicoloured mm-hmm. ones they're not great to look at in retrospect <laughs> um they're very childlike anyway this year it's stripes I'm into okay, stripes right. everything stripey so in the charity shop there was a green stripey tablecloth just bought it Trish just just got it just didn't got don't it. care just got Lovely. it don't, just might not even fit your table but you just bought it I didn't think that through no. obviously but actually luckily it does and do you, can I just say it makes the garden Mm-hmm. which is very small and it's a small tiny mm-hmm. city garden look like a little piece of italy oh and, does it how oh, nice if you're gonna olive, have to get some olive apple cider vinegar out yep. on the table with some olive oil <laughs> and then <laughs> i went off on a, off on a stripey situation yes. and found the cornishware mug is now done in yellow i That's knew we couldn't get mug. through an episode without you mentioning cornwall yeah well there's mugs but um it's <laughs> And, and then I noticed there's loads of... I was ahead of a trend. I know you're always kind of catching up on the Yes, trend. I'm always I was late. Always late. ahead of a trend. Mm. There are stripes everywhere on the internet. John Lewis have got a really nice stripey tablecloth for 18 quid. I only paid 10 for mine. <gasps> okay, <laughs> right. Okay. And is, yeah. what colour is that? What stripe colour is that? The John Lewis, oh. you, well, actually, it's red. And I think that's probably better. Oh. So now I'm lusting after it. But okay. I won't buy it because I'm you... trying to buy only pre-loved stuff mm-hmm. at the moment. But mm-hmm. I've got one other tiny little thing I'm going to sneak in. I've got this Jones Road glitter. Oh, by our friend Bobby Brown. Bear with me. Mm. So they sent it to me and I thought, oh, that's I won't be able to put glitter on my face. I'll mm-hmm. look ridiculous. I'm not going to Coachella. I thought to myself, <laughs> what's happening here? Anyway, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Good. It's called right. face oil and it's on the Jones Road site. And it just makes you look, look at me, I'm glowing. You it are makes glowing. You look yes. Like you've got a little bit of a glow. Don't know how much it is. Didn't Google it. Forgot to okay. do that. Forgot to check. Show, Proper journalist, aren't we'll you? put it on our Facebook well, page. Can but I it's see brilliant. with your glowy skin and my soft, shiny apple cider vinegar hair? <laughs> I mean, honestly, we're going to have a great world. summer. Yeah. <laughs> 
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Today's guest, Michelle Agunderhin, is one of the UK's most influential creatives and authorities on interiors, trends, well-being and style, whose exquisite taste and know-how has garnered her a following of 136,000 devotees on Instagram. The former editor-in-chief of Elle Decoration, originally trained as an architect, but today her work spans TV, including Grand Design's House of the Year and Interior Design Masters, for which The Guardian described her as the fantastically fearsome and competent series judge. She's also a journalist writing for titles from the Financial Times to the Daily Mail, as well as offering brand consultancy and collaborations for, amongst others, Habitat and Liberty London. Oh, she's an author too. She describes her first book, Happy Inside, How to Harness the Power of Home for Health and Happiness as a Manual for Living Well, a philosophy she herself lives by in her Brighton home, which she shares with her young son and two Basset hounds. She's here with us today to talk homes, happiness and health, as well as answer some of your interior dilemmas. Welcome to Postcards from Midlife, Michelle. Oh, it's such a pleasure to be here. Let's start with your philosophy that our homes are as vital to our well-being as good food, exercise and sleep. I mean, you even wrote a book about it, which we mentioned in the introduction called Happy Inside. So tell us more of your thoughts on this. I think the book came from my desire to reframe the way that we think about home, because I really wanted people to understand them as the fourth pillar of well-being, because arguably, like all the eating well and the exercising and all that stuff, it happens within home. You know, you cannot get a good night's sleep unless you have set up your bedroom accordingly. And yet I think probably pre-COVID, so many of us were seeing our homes as this place that we raced out of in the morning and then slumped back into at night. And we kind of missed what they were for. But ironically, as soon as like everything got really topsy-turvy, we intuitively all turned to making them into these like incredibly personalized nests for well-being. So we we kind of know what we're supposed to do. But I just I wanted to put that all in, in a book, and especially as coming from being the sort of the former editor of L Decoration, where you might imagine it's all about like how it looks. I'm really kind of going, actually, this has got no shiny glossy pictures in it at all. This is about how your home makes you feel because what surrounds you affects you and how you feel affects how you behave so if you want to be your best self by which I mean your healthiest strongest self then we absolutely must understand that we have to kind of arrange our homes to support us and sustain us 
And I think also it's that like when we do that, I think we really will be surprised by the improvements in health that can follow. And that for me was the kind of the really core driver behind it is that home can become this kind of superpower. So I'm looking around my the clutter you see behind me everywhere. I love your book because it is it is about well-being as much as what's in the home. Where do I start as a it's a lot of women in midlife want to start again. They want to kind of begin again and they realize home is important. Where do you start and what do you not get sidetracked by when you're creating a home that makes you happy? Oh, I think it's a really good question because I do encounter a lot of people that go, oh, I can't do my home. I, it, it's too much. It's too complicated. I don't. Well, know I where... say that to you all the time, don't I? I'm <laughs> but I actually remember that. a very significant moment when <laughs> you were in the midst of L madness. Not you being mad, but L was mad, and I'd come to talk to you about some kind of possible collaboration, and you kind of looked at me and said, "I don't have time to talk about cushions." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, I remember my little face fell. But I mean, now I guess I know that I can say to you, like, it's so much more than cushions. It's this is fundamental stuff. This is like creating the framework for your life and how you want to live it. But often when we furnish our homes, we buy the bed, the sofa, the table, whatever, and then we forget about them. We, we just we're too busy. We don't notice the subtleties of these items. And yet they are exerting an influence on us. And the truth is our environments prime us. They prime our feelings and behavior, except we're often oblivious to it. So the alternative is to choose more mindfully. And I don't mean being terribly zen when you go into the store. I mean to just really take the time to work out, actually, what do I like? But in in my book, I'm kind of describing that we work out what we like by working out who we are. So it's more a question of you sit back and you go, okay, who do I want to be? What are my passions? What are the things that I love? And from this will come, okay, the colors, the materials, the textures, all of that stuff. And then when you have that as a guideline, it's not a constraint, it's a guideline, then go forth and buy within those guidelines because it will all kind of work together. What you don't do though, is kind of pay any attention to anything else you know like the color of the year what's in what's out the trends like if you want purple polka dots glitter and zebra stripes then go for it i'm about to redo a whole bathroom based on your thinking around this because we've had it for 30 years nearly (laughs) so i I went in with a kind of it's going to be color it's going to be this oh look everyone's using red everyone's using and then i thought what would michelle do and then i thought you know what would make me happy in a bathroom if it was completely bland and white and silent <laughs> and nothing distracting me because I'm constantly distracted by things. So, yeah, you are you are right, aren't you? It's not really the trends or, you know, the round mirror, the square mirror. It's like who you are as a person. Completely. And that to me reflects the fact that you have a busy life. You've got four, four kids, you yes. know, that your bathroom will probably be your place of sanctuary. So you don't want the noise and the distractions and stuff. So recognizing that and realizing that and then creating it. The only thing I would say is that don't forget the texture because you can yeah. do wonders with texture, even in one color. And that really lifts it. So put the tiles on, get those gorgeous towels and all the like weaving and waffles and all that nonsense. You know, that stuff is really important. So it's really a sensory space but if color is not your thing don't do the color so let's talk about your home michelle we can we've got a little glimpse of it here we can see some lovely textured wood paneling some i'm not sure what you'd call that color it's a sort of yellowy ochery color maybe 
bit muscle. Yeah, you've not got the best little snippet. <laughs> I'm sitting, my study is the room where I am constantly moving my desk around because I actually mm-hmm. prefer it this way because I'm facing a window. So I'm kind yes. of looking outwards when I'm working or mm-hmm. generally sitting here thinking about working. So what's behind me? This is actually a painting. It's oh, like a painting okay. made of mud, no less. Wow. So it is like madly textured. And underneath it is a kind of half wall of a kind of mustard colour. And then over here is a is a wallpaper that looks like antique mirror tiling yes. and that yes. came about because I really love like kind of the old patinated mirror and then I looked up how much it cost <laughs> <laughs> researching it I found this fantastic yeah. wallpaper it's from Cole and Son and it's like oh brilliant when you did your home what rules did you give yourself or what were you trying to create for you I think the ultimate thing I needed was rest it had to be restful the, the colors are designed to soothe me my home is my absolute retreat from the world and everything to just calm my whole system down but it's very textural which is the thing I probably bang on about the most because I think you know if we're creative people you do need to be stimulated you do Mm -hmm. you need things to look at I think not in your bathroom but in other rooms I just I often talk about like your walls are your biggest spaces for self-expression they are like the artworks of the home Mm -hmm. so I love to put the paper the color the trims the rails you play around with them because when I'm sitting here waiting for sort of creativity to strike I want something to look at I don't want to be sitting in the equivalent of a kind of white padded cell. I think that that is one of the hardest things for people to get right is that balance between not doing enough so that it's boring, but not doing so much that you're kind of like bouncing from the sort of schizophrenic kind of mood from one room to the other or very kind of what you sometimes see on TV where you've got your Moroccan bathroom and then your, I don't know, harem themed bedroom. And it's just, it's way, way too much unless that is genuinely authentically your thing. You've also said, and this is something which you do on social media brilliantly, that your home should really be toxin free in many ways, that you should think about the planet and think about things being eco-friendly. And and you're really specific about that. You've gone into such great detail on what's in what. How did you come to the conclusions that you have and what sort of things could we take from you top line on how to make our homes a little bit less toxic? All of that sprang from there was this growing body of scientific research into indoor air quality that basically said that most people's homes were more polluted inside than a busy street corner outside. And I just found that flabbergasting. And then when you compare that to the fact that we actually spend about 90% of our time indoors, and then this was also balanced against the rising stats about chronic disease, cancer, apparently now one in two of us potentially will get it. And I was just looking at these things and going, there has to be a relation. This is completely insane. And what's ironic is that most of the culprits are things that people or that we actually use to try and keep our homes clean or to make Mm -hmm. them smell nice. Yeah. And so the really deep dive I did was into anything that contains artificial scent or Mm so-called air fresheners, scented candles, especially if they're paraffin wax, and then cleaning products. So, you know, you think if you go to the supermarket that anything that's freely available will have been tested and is safe for use, but they have these great big warning klaxons on them. And then What's a warning klaxon then for cleaning products? And a great big red triangle with like skull and crossbones on it. And yet we 
cheerfully splatter this stuff all over our homes, down the toilet, in the kitchen. And many of them contain a chemical group called, I think it's phthalates, phthalates, how you say it. And these are endocrine disruptors, Mm -hmm. which I think is incredibly relevant for women particularly, because they are absolutely proven to chronically disrupt our hormones. And then the other big sort of fact that I found in my research is that human fertility has declined by 50% in 50 years. Wow. You know, again, you look at these things, and I think there's a lot of people searching for complicated answers to what are actually very simple questions. And to me, it's like, well, it's environment to not consider the environment. And I don't mean here green environment. I mean, the environments that we live in our homes. If we don't consider them, then We're ignoring the context in which we're all developing. And I think that's a huge mistake. So really all of the clean cleaning thing that I go into is about lowering your toxic load so that you're actually giving your body a fighting chance to do its best and to repair itself. And you're using things like vinegar, aren't you? And the caustic sodas. I mean, I've gone out and changed everything as a result of following you on Instagram. I tell you, because I think it is really important to know what is all around you all the time in the place you spend, particularly now, most of your time. Oh, completely. And I think it's also, you know, we've fallen into the cult of convenience, haven't we? You know, yeah. you get something in a lovely spritzy bottle and it says, this will clean the loo, this will clean this, this will clean that. It smells nice. We think, brilliant, job done. But like, have you used citric acid to clean your loo? I mean, it's revelationary. I mean, this I know. Is they put on children's sweets. Mm-hmm. You know, it is that clean. It is that untoxic, as opposed to something with a skull and crossbones on it. Well, that's really helpful. And there's, there's obviously lots more advice and ideas around that on, on your Instagram, which we'll come on to talk about. But now I want to talk about living with other people, sharing your home, sharing your space, because we're kind of we're guessing, you know, we've got kids and pets and dogs and rap, everything coming out of our ears in our homes. And you you share your space with your young son and two Basset hounds. Now, that can't be very tidy we're thinking how do you how do you manage all that the big picture mantra is that like a place for everything and everything in its place but things are never go back in that place and also I don't know what's going on with my dogs I love them dearly but my god they could give a whole field of cows a run for their money in methane production they are Oh, my Lord. Making just, your home very toxic. Well, I, I'm, I want to talk to you in a minute about my new favourite thing. It's like living in a forest, but we'll come on to that. The boy, I mean, oh, my God, he's the love of my life. And I mean, Lorraine, I have to say, I love it when you post on Instagram that you are literally going to kill your family if they do not put the <laughs> toilet paper back on the roll. Honestly. This is where I know that I have succeeded in life because the one thing that he will do is he always replaces the toilet roll. Oh, he does now. Good, he good might boy. not. Do when he's a teenage boy and all his brain goes well there is that but at the, at the moment I forgive everything because he does that and he gets Aww. a lot of like compliments for it but let's just say that having a wooden floor downstairs and investing in a steam mop probably the mm, best thing yes that I ever yeah. did for the dog slobber and stuff and then my new favorite thing I'm gonna I know you're I mean, to see it but this Oh, what the oh, hell what is that? It's green. It looks like broccoli in a vase yes. on a kind of weird base, but it was completely seduced by the marketing. It's an air filter Ooh. by a company called Brive with two eyes, and it's all natural, compostable, not got plastic in it or whatever, whatever. 
I swear. I mean, I got it after a day of literally trying to work and being gassed out by the door. <laughs> yeah. But that's it. Okay. Something has to change here. This is ridiculous. You switch this on for about an hour. It is like sitting in a forest. Oh, I love that. Because I did and some it, forest bathing recently, which I talked about on the podcast. I could do it at home. It's some sort of moss on a yes. bit. Yes. Not in something else. I don't oh. know how it works, but it's equivalent to 3,000 plants. Oh, I love that. Well, that's what we need. Get one of it? those. They're on the birthday list. Yes. Now, you have changed your career since we first knew you, since I worked in the office next to you for years. And it's been massively successful, I would say. I mean, you've moved out of editing a magazine and you've changed it. I mean, you're in the same wheel of what what you do, but you're on telly, you're writing books. You are, dare I say, an influencer. I know you're a consultant. So how did that feel when you stepped out of something you'd been doing for a really long time that kind of identified you, which both Trish and I have just done? as well and we've we've wobbled a little bit in the last two years it's a really different trajectory how have you dealt with it how did it make you feel it was all quite inadvertent to be honest I didn't I didn't chase it as much as say yes to opportunities and I'm sure you probably did the same when you're editing a magazine people ask you to be that talking head don't they and you kind of go yes please because it's a half a day out of the office and so things kind of rolled from there. Then I did Grand Designs, House of the Year, and then now doing Interior Design Masters. I think the biggest shift was when you edit a magazine, you are the magazine, aren't you? Mm. As much as you are the head of it, you're behind it. And I was very comfortable being the person behind it. It was always about the team and it was about the 300 pages and putting those out. All of a sudden, when I wasn't going to be that anymore, I did have a process of like, well, who am I? Who mm. am I if I'm now not Michelle Agantin, editor-in-chief of Elle Decoration? Because yeah. it was the one sentence you said. And suddenly now it was just me there, sort of like, oh, okay. But I guess, like you say, I never really changed the tune of what I was singing. It was always about home. It was always about the importance of it. I just changed the medium that I used to sort of get across that message. Do you get lonely at all? I mean, Trish and I really miss, I don't miss editing magazine because that I don't, think I could carry on doing that but I miss my team yeah I know what you mean I think when we're filming we're a family there's a big Mm -hmm. team and I love a team endeavor but I think I'm also quite solitary I quite Mm -hmm. like pootling around in my own kind of little energy and you know steam mopping dog slobber and (laughs) researching (laughs) the really granular nerdy stuff that I would never get the time to do Mm. otherwise it's just different well we should talk about interior design masters because it's such an entertaining show and I think you're working on another season of it aren't you for the BBC and I just love watching the, the the contestants they work so hard but it does have its kind of changing room moments doesn't it but then it does have some really fabulous design as well what are the ones that you particularly loved I mean I suppose it's the winners really is it or are there any other projects on there that you think are amazing for me it's always that moment where someone that doesn't think they've got it or it, it and it is usually the women who kind of they want to be creative but they doubt themselves they mm. they have their insecurities they're not confident the moment when something switches in them and you can see it and then they create something where they've just thought fuck it I'm going for it. I'm gonna do this thing and it's bigger and it's bolder and it's louder and those I always love but then I also I love the challenges where they all have like an identical space and then they do it because then you really kind of see like kind of what they're made of and like who spends what on where which is incredibly relevant for so many people like you walk into some rooms like say in the last season I think it was Dean did that incredible black hotel room Mm -hmm. 
And our judge, I think it was Guy Oliver, walked in and he was just like, this is extraordinary. We were both checking in immediately. And then sort of down the corridor, we shall mention no names, there were rooms you're like, okay, I don't think I'm going to be staying here. And I remember one the season before as well, where one of the contestants had done this room, which was this gorgeous room with incredible kind of bone structure, coffered ceilings, panelling, everything. And he had kind of like Crayola coloured over all of it and thrown a million patterns and colours. And on the one hand, it was just like, oh, my God. But on the other, I just kind of applaud the like the have a go. Yes, the bravado. He was just like, look, I know I'm going to be leaving, but I just want to do my own thing. So I I love those. It does make it entertaining for those of us watching it, I have to say. And what about Alan Carr? What's he like to work with? You know, the thing that is the most... Beautiful about Alan is what you see is exactly who he yeah. is. Mm-hmm. There is no on screen, off screen persona, and we've all met people like that who see all smiles and kindness, and then they're complete bastards off screen. He is Trish. so lovely. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I think what's brilliant is he gets me to explain stuff so we don't get all caught up in our kind of you know designer bollocks. And he'll he'll be the person that at home kind of going, yeah, but I, why have they done that? And what, mm-hmm. what does that mean? What does that word mean? What does she mean when she says flow? What is she talking about, about speaking the same language? So he's verbalising what the viewer would think at home. Mm-hmm. And he's just a joy to work with. Uh, can we digress a little bit from interiors? Because I think that your wardrobe is also a highlight of the show. I mean, you just have got the most amazing sense of style. That long metallic striped cardigan. I mean, not many people could wear that so could you describe your sense of personal style and how does that fit maybe with your overall kind of design philosophy well cover your ears slightly because I'm not sure that I actually get that excited by fashion it's Uh it's not my thing it's why I edited a homes magazine I like it in terms of color and texture and stuff but it's actually one of the most stressful bits for me of mm-hmm. like sorting out because there's three outfits per episode. That's 24 outfits altogether, including your shoes and all that kind of stuff. It's something that I literally have to think, okay, let's do this thing. But at the same time, I mean, you know, first world problems. Mm-hmm. It is fun to have the excuse to sort of get dressed up. Overall, I want to feel like me. And I think that's the thing why I say I'm not really maybe into fashion with the big F. I don't want to have my clothes wear me, if you Mm -hmm. know what I mean. I want to walk in the room and you see me and you think, oh, you look great. Not like, oh, wow, where's your dress from? Mm -hmm. So when I was editing, I think Max Mara was mm-hmm. my go-to because it was just well cut re- the diffusion range I should add but with often with a little twist day to day I mean it's t-shirts I have four identical American vintage t-shirts like I think they're white navy gray and turquoise and an array of jeans and trainers and that is it and then the tv me it is a chance to have a little bit more fun I mean I love anything that Roxanda made mm. because I think I remember getting one of her jumpsuits and putting it on and just thinking oh my god but then I think it's no irony that she originally trained as an architect mm. so she talks about her clothes as being empowering so I kind of default to that and then there was a lovely label called Louisa Paris who actually got in touch with me and said oh we really like your style would you like to borrow one of our tops and she makes those lovely silky oh yes that was lovely yeah. colours and stripes mm-hmm. so I love those apart from what you're wearing you're also keeping the other 
interiors healthy, aren't you? I'm watching you do your couch to 5K because I do remember talking to you at one point when I was at Elwyn, you just said, why are you doing all this running? It's ridiculous. And you also do cold showers, don't you, as well? You're a kind of frequent. How long can you stay in now? Oh, it definitely varies. I think I think on your hormones or my mood, whatever. Yeah. But I, there's a point, isn't there, after about 30 seconds where it actually just feels great. And yeah. so I think as long as you get to that, then then you're through and you just stay in until you're kind of bored but or you feel that kind of the heat and it's this idea that just makes your body feel like it's working and the same with running I actually actively love like you know I check my kind of heart monitor and you're like wow you know my heart is doing what it's supposed to I feel sweat it's like it's all it's good stuff <laughs> <laughs> but meditation I think is the thing that's actually kept me sane through really? crazy year yeah absolutely but not the kind of staring dolefully at a candle because my natural disposition is constant random motion I'm just I don't think I've hardly ever sat on my own sofas type thing I'm just always doing something but the meditation I use is one of those ones that's like an oral soundtrack that gets your brain to resonate at the level that like I don't know Zen what's monk. that called then because I might like that I mean it's called Holosync it's an American one there are others now that you can get and I do it for an hour every morning because I tend to an hour of meditating yeah because it's it's divided into two halves half an hour to get you down or up to whatever the levels of resonating stuff are and then half an hour to hold you in it and I know that through an incredibly stressful period of my life I made myself do it every single morning and I absolutely swear that it kept me sane and we know everything that meditation is supposed to do like improve your focus memory problem solving just lower your stress and I do think it really 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 made a huge difference to me and it's installing the little habits isn't it Mm -hmm. it's the tiny little shifts that actually add up to long-term change and then that links back to the home because it's setting up your home to enable those things as well so that you have a shower that you actually like to stand in that you have room in front of the sofa to roll out the yoga mat perhaps the meditation sounds fantastic and something i think for our midlife listeners who are trying to juggle so many things and dealing with hormones and everything and of course we do ask every guest who comes on to the show about their midlife maybe their awareness as well and experience about perimenopause but we know you have a very specific view about age and aging and talking about it i do i suppose long story short i have absolutely no interest in chronological age it's utterly irrelevant this is something very specifically for for women i mean backing up a step it's like i've come to believe that it's not our physical selves that limit us it's our mindset about our physical limits and i do hear this over and over and over again with women and i mean i could give you an example if i told you that i was 38 think your listeners will have a whole set of preconceptions Mm -hmm. about me if i tell you that i'm 58 that all those preconceptions change the images the ideas they all shift and what's important is none of that has got any relevance to who I actually am mm-hmm. and what I can achieve. And I suppose it's just this thing that aging doesn't have to be about decline. One of my favorite quotes is from George Bernard Shaw, where he says, we don't stop playing because we grow old. We grow old because we stop playing. And I think you can twist that another way and go, we don't ache because we get old. We ache because we don't do enough damn exercise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like the things that we think, oh, I'm going to lose my memory. I'm going to do this. Oh, when I hit 40, this is going to happen. 
or you know I know a friend of mine recently said oh I'm really aching but oh I guess it's because I'm in my 40s now and it's like no you ache because you're not stretching your body you're Mm -hmm. not using it in the same way that you did before but at the same time I'm not saying I'm going to live forever I'm not cryogenically freezing myself Mm -hmm. I have no interest in that at all it's just it's about change another friend I was talking to recently was kind of saying oh yeah but when I was in my 20s you know I could stay up really late and I could do all this stuff I can't do that now and my point is it's like okay yeah you know in our 20s we probably all did that and we did it because we could get away with it but our bodies are not designed to do that they never were they never will be they never should be and so now not doing it isn't loss it's a gain of wisdom Mm-hmm. They're like, why the heck would I want to do that? Yeah, <laughs> I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, wisdom doesn't necessarily come with extra years. Mm-hmm. Exactly, yes. <laughs> I think that's a really refreshing approach, actually, to just the way women mature and the way society views us, because it lays preconceptions across us at every single stage, whether we have children or don't have children, whether we have a partner or we don't have a partner. It's, you come into the room from your dis- by your description before you come in as who you are. It's just, it would be nice if we all had that mindset though, wasn't it? Mm, I know. <laughs> we are yeah. primed by our context. We're constantly told. It's like things are youth-making, rejuvenating. It's the language, language. everywhere. Mm. I rebel against it. I believe I can do anything I want, just as before, but it is built on a firm foundation of nutrition hydration and regular sleep sleep is everything but sunscreen mm-hmm. serums and sleep will be my three kind of s's you should set up that a special michelle coaches you app now <laughs> i'm going to throw some interiors dilemmas at you so these are from our lovely facebook group when your budget this is from michelle when your budget is limited what do you invest in and spend on and what don't you? So how do you build the room if you have a limited budget? You're quite good on not having to spend a fortune on things, aren't you? It's just, as you say, textures and, and how the room makes you feel. No, definitely. I think the number one thing to spend the most money that you can afford on or the majority of your budget is flooring. Because mm-hmm. I would right. literally rather sit on a box, and I did sit on a box, than have a glorious sofa but sit on a crummy carpet because it's a pain to redo once you've moved in, but it underpins everything, absolutely everything. So in the same way, your kitchen countertop is the thing you should spend on, but your units, you can buy them from Ikea. It's fine. They're solid. They're standard sizes. You'll find every permutation you need. And then in the same breadth, I would say your mattress. Definitely. All these ones that seem to just come in a box. mm -mm. You need to go old school, test them. And especially if you're sleeping with a partner, you know, maybe you need different weights, all that sort of stuff. But flooring, countertop and mattress. Those are things to spend on. And quality paint actually. Mm -hmm. Now, this is actually a slightly flooring one as well, because uh, Sandy wants to know your thoughts on rugs. She says, I know the rule of thumb in terms of size. I have to say, I don't know the rule in terms of of size, so maybe you could explain that. But are there any tips or things you would say you must consider when choosing a rug? I imagine what she means is basically go large, Mm -hmm. you know, that your rug should always underpin the whole of the bit of the furniture or the whole of the bed or the whole of the sofa, not just be a little kind of bath mat poking out Mm -hmm. under one leg (laughs) and ultimately I would kind of say it's all about color get the color that you want and 100% natural fibers so whether that's wool or size or because then when you vacuum all that dust and dirt can go straight in the compost bin Mm -hmm. 
Okay. Um, that's uh, this is a good one, actually. I think this would be quite common from Francis, who wants to know, Michelle, if you get the midlife overwhelm that we all do in terms of making decisions. She's done a total house renovation and she's just come to the final bit, which should be the fun bit, but that she's she's gone. She's lost any enthusiasm for it at this point. But obviously she realises any wrong decisions here are pretty vital, aren't they? How do you avoid the overwhelm on interiors? That is the thing that you have to start the process with that whole thing we spoke about at the beginning of our conversation with the deep dive into who am I, who do I want to be, and what does that look like? You know, what are the colours, the materials, the textures? Then you've done the work. So as she says, when she's exhausted and gets to the fun bit, she's already done the work. She's already picked her colours. But it is a bit like, you know, getting the amazing dress that you do need, the good underwear underneath Mm -hmm. it. So enough sockets, the plugs in the right places, the layout correct. All of that stuff is absolutely vital. And no amount of like lovely paint and wallpaper is ever going to conceal that. But hold on, hold fast, stay steady. Yes, keep going, Francis. Enjoy the fun bits. Um, Now, Stacey, our final one. Stacey wants to know about furniture placement. How do you know you have the best setup for the size of your room? I don't think actually there are any rules for this, Mm -hmm. but furniture is movable the whole thing is just keep moving it I mean I move my furniture around probably every couple of months because I just like me well just to see you know it's what what are we talking like in this room I've got a table and I've got a kind of side console and a bench to keep moving the table just does it feel better if I sit here does it feel better if I sit facing the wall the same in the sofa you know as the seasons change and the light changes do you want to move your sofa so it's actually facing the tv or do you want to move it so it's facing a window or other kind of thing of note I think it's that thing where we think that we have to there's an ideal perfect solution and once we found it we have to stick to it you don't change it Move it around, put it backwards, get rid of it completely. I give you license to do all of the above. Polka docks and zip. Shell says we can do it. That's very good. You can't do it with members of the family, though. You've got to keep them, haven't you? You can't. Now, you have got, and I go on about it all the time, I'm always recommending, one of the most useful Instagram accounts of all time. And it's very structured and it's very easy to follow. Tell us some highlights from it, because you do, you know, depoison your home, don't you? You do really beautiful colour schemes that people can look at and think about. We follow the life of those lovely, very low, low flying dogs that you've got. (laughs) Oh, thank you for that. Yeah, it's very much a kind of passion project. I mean, I don't care about algorithms I post kind of when I've got stuff and I'm enthusiastic about it but I think the learning bit is probably in the highlights you know the little buttons at the top so I think they started off with there was clean cleaning clean laundry dirty laundry toxic cleaning where I was just finding all this information was like oh my goodness I bet no one knows about this so they're saved there so the things why I started it all what you need to be aware of what you should use for both cleaning and then laundry then I think I moved on to recycling then there's yeah. like there's one that's less waste as well, which is just, again, it's like the process I go through in terms of when I'm trying to recycle and I'm looking at something and going, so can this go in the bin? It's just recording all that information and recording like, well, where do you go when you want to work out whether something can be recycled or not? And then the main grid is just colour flow because bottom line, life is busy, can be stressful. Let's just look at some beautiful things. And I think colour is like energy, So it's just a lovely flow. And it's also, I think, going back to, you know, our skills as editors, Mm -hmm. it's a way to champion 
things that I find that I love. And so other accounts, and I love those really singular accounts where they say, just photograph, I don't know, signposts or something. Mm -hmm. And it's someone's obsession. And so if it's in the right colour, it's just nice to give it a shout out, give it a platform. You are very nerdy. You do go into extreme detail. I mean, I followed the Chris Packet, can you, can't you recycle thing for for days. And you ran council. I mean, you are, I mean, if anybody wants to find out absolute detail, you have done the journalistic groundwork on that. And it's really thorough. And then you print all the responses the company I mean I think you took on Unilever at one point (laughs) you put all the responses in so I I would push anyone to have a look at that but listen we know you've always got super exciting things on the go and you're doing the tv show what else is coming up for you Michelle well I'm working on my next book Mm -hmm. which I'm actually working title simple inside as opposed to happy inside and the idea is to make something that is like a toolbox So really, really, really simple. So you room by room in sort of three layers of kind of like an instant fix, a sort of bigger update and a complete overhaul. But my kind of mantra is you clear, cleanse, colour and curate. And so Mm -hmm. applying that to every single room, because that's that's the whole philosophy scrunched into kind of four C's. So there's that, which will be really exciting. And then I'm working on a project with Graffenstone, who are a paint company that makes paint that actually cleans your air as it dries. It's completely revolutionary. No plastics, no yick in it. Gorgeous colours. But I'm going to be working with them to actually curate palettes So a palette of colours that will all work together. So the first one will be my kind of signature sort of dirty colours, which is my sort of very restful palette. And then I think things will just sort of spread from there. And vaguely, I'm thinking of some sort of online venture where I can curate again beautiful things that are in those colours to either kind of contrast or complement. Oh, well, listen, thank you so much, Michelle. It's so lovely to see you as always. And you've just been so helpful, so much helpful information. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Trish and Lorraine. It's really, it's such a pleasure and an honour, in fact. all the m's yes right midlife milestones and magic moments here we are again um this is the part when one of our listeners calls in to share their short story of a midlife adventure or epiphany and we hope that it will inspire you or give you a nudge to make a change or just realize that there is there's hope out there for all of us and today charlotte is going to be sharing her little tale of joy Hello postcards from midlife. My name is Charlotte Green and I'm 62 and live in Cornwall. What is my midlife milestone? We'll picture this. My husband Richard and I are at Heathrow Airport with our two grown-up children to wish our youngest the best time ever as she ventures off on her trip of a lifetime gap year to explore the world. We then say goodbye to our little six foot six boy who heads off back to uni and his new life in London. So we look at each other as reality kicks in. We are now officially feeling the effects as what is known as empty nesters. Our hearts feel extremely heavy, so we gird our loins, hold hands and say, right, we're starting our new life together. Sadly, we still have our mortgage to cover and all the bills. Must remember to only cook and shop for two, not four. We still need to work to pay for all the above. And as they say, job equals purpose. Still shell-shocked, the next day I head into work to achieve my purpose for the day, only to be told that they closed the business over the weekend. What the heck? I'm middle-aged, 
children gone, no job, life-changing. We're starting to plan our own gap year, 25 weeks to lift off. Basically, we've seized the moment without a blink of an eye. I have never felt so alive and in control of our destiny. The daily fog has lifted, the work-life treadmill evaporated. We're going to do it. Putting ourselves first, which has been an alien emotion for decades, with spreadsheets, brochures and Google Maps to help us answer all the where, when, what and how. The first thing we did was to name our trip whilst our knees still work tour. Seems very apt. Fast forward six months, we return as travelled, tattooed teenagers with plenty of tales to tell. I wanted to share this with other listeners as scary as it may seem at the time, do it when you think of it. Thank you very much for that, Charlotte. Now, if you want to send your midlife magic moment or milestone to us, it's literally recorded on an iPhone under two minutes, very quick, then email us at hello at postcardsfrommidlife.com. We have arrived at Nostalgia Noodle, kind of guess the year, which Mm -hmm. I think, did you get last week? I did. I don't think I did. No. No, you didn't. didn't. No. No. Am I leading? No, of course not. No. no. (laughs) I'm still way behind. She said, right. Okay. What? Right. Okay. Here we go. I've decided to take this one in stages for you to try and get you over the line and get you get you back to get the right ear. Right. So I thought I'd stick with our interiors theme because we've had the lovely Michelle on. So, so you're going to guess the decade first. I think this will be quite easy. You might have had an avocado bathroom suite. Okay. Oh, I love an avocado. Yes. And maybe some rattan bamboo or wicker cane chairs in your Shall house. Shall we do 70s then? You're right. You're yep. right. I was going to give you shagpile rugs if you hadn't got it in those in those two clues. We had a lot of animals in our house. We would never have been able you to have a shagpile. shagpile. It would have been a health and safety too dirty, issue. Too dirty and hairy. Yes. Okay. Now, it did make me think because we used to have this really big old gramophony record player sideboard do you remember those did you <laughs> it was like yeah, you opened the cupboard and there was a, a sort of record player on one side yes. and somewhere to put the record oh, yeah. and then a drinks cabinet further along it was Abigail's of, party type it of was, situation exactly yeah. but the only records we had obviously in ours were things mm. like the Dubliners and Jim Reeves and, and um. things like that until my dad bought me my first record and this is going to be the year that you've got to guess all okay? oh, right what well, your dad the bought record, your first record single or album a single right. and I'm really I'm actually saying he bought it but I might have asked him to buy it because I'm so ashamed to admit this it was Jimmy Osman's long-haired lover from Liverpool <laughs> do you remember that I think You've joined the boomer generation now. You're you're one out. <laughs> I've crossed you must over. Have been quite little, so what? I was exactly. What, I was 16, very little. Seven, weren't you? So yes, you can do uh, some maths. You see, you're doing some maths. So I, I think would... seventy-seven. Nearly, not quite. Right, go on. Carry on. Tell me more then I'll about tell you some more. your okay. Jimmy Osman. Jimmy Osman. I, I mean... might have been. A, um, no, I'll give you that at the end. The shocking thing about this is the Rocky Horror Show and Jaws were out in this year, and I don't be silly. It was later, surely. No, no. no. It's um, it earlier than 1977 because we did that the other week. Because you didn't get it. It was the Silver Jubilee. Do you remember? You're drifting back into the numbers. Just I'm to, trying to confuse you, aren't I? It's like holding something over yes. there to distract me from the mm. thing over here. Shall we go for 74 then? Oh, 
feel about in that? In the words of Ken Bruce, one year out, it one was year out. I'm going to tell you, it was 75. Right. It was hot hottest summer. Isn't? Was that the hot summer? No, I know I asked that no, question every time. Every time. <laughs> Anything in the 70s. Is that? No, it was 1975. Do you want me to sing the song for you? No, I want to know other things that happened in 1975 oh. that I might like. I don't think I want okay. to hear your I don't think I've got, any, I've got any other things to tell you because I've told you it was the Rocky Horror Show and Jaws. So there's nothing else. What else? Could what? How old would I have been there? Five, six, seven, you see. Yes, I would have been, been seven. eight. So I think you're allowed to have a terrible record like that at the age yeah. of eight. I didn't know any better. Okay. Well, that brings us to the end of this week's postcards from midlife. New episodes are available to listen to every Sunday on your podcast provider. And also, should you fancy a little bit of a detour with us, mm-hmm. see what I did there, Trish, we have presented three really brilliant, I say it myself, podcasts with Saw Days called Detour with Postcards from Midlife, where we interview women about their travel adventures. And also, please look out for um, tickets for Postcards from Midlife Live, where we will meet you face-to-face in person. All the details are on our website as well. And please tell all your friends about us and about Detour and about Postcards from Midlife Live. Uh, We really want as many women as possible to join in this midlife conversation, which is what our private Facebook group is all about. So if you're not a member yet, please do come on over and join in the chat. Yes, all the details for everything we are doing and going to be doing are there. And we do really like to engage with you. And we're on it every day, aren't we? Morning and evening. Every day. Chatting Mm -hmm. to people. You can also use our Facebook group to post any feedback on the topics we discuss as well as suggestions for other things that you would like to hear talked about or celebrities and experts you would like us to interview or you can email us directly and it is Trish and I who reply to this at hello at postcardsfrommidlife.com or you can even pop a little message on Instagram for us. Goodbye. Goodbye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.